Welcome into the Talk of Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. I'm joined by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. We're here coming at you a little bit early on this Sunday with a recap of Alabama's 30-6 to home win over the Mississippi State Bulldogs. The Talk of Tide podcast, of course, available to you wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, and you can catch us live on the Facebook or the YouTube. So uh, we're everywhere here on Talking Tide. Also on Twitter, the handle there is Talking underscore Tide. You can get links to all of our podcasts pretty much as soon as they drop right there on the Twitter feed. So be sure to give us a uh, subscribe on YouTube and a follow on Twitter. Catch us on Facebook as well. Uh, quickly want to thank our sponsors. More on them a little bit later, but Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates, and DraftKings, as always, thanks to the three of them. And Travis, we jump right in, 30-6, to six, the final score. Alabama just misses a shutout coming off of uh, the worst defensive performance in recent memory for sure, if not long memory, for a Nick Saban defense at Alabama. And uh, it's a, really a, a complete rebound in Tuscaloosa. It was, and we sort of touched on it during last week's midweek podcast that stylistically this was an offense with Mississippi state, although spreads the field, throws the football a good bit, not based in explosive plays nearly like Tennessee is um, more of a dink and dunk, an offense that doesn't have a high yards per pass attempt total typically under Mike Leach. And, you know, that was the case once again in this one. Will Rogers averaged under four yards per pass attempt in the game, 15 pass breakups. And of course, we're going to talk about Eli Ricks, I'm sure, making that first start at the corner opposite Kool-Aid McKinstry. And you know, I thought both those guys were really good. Alabama still had a couple of pass interference penalties, including one late that helped Mississippi State finally get into the end zone against Alabama with Mike Leach at Mississippi State. But all in all, uh, three penalties for 20 yards. Ricks looks good in his first start. Uh, it wasn't a second half to remember for the Alabama offense, but there were still some positives. Yeah, defense definitely the story in this one. Four sacks, so the pass rush looked uh, sharp after having a rough outing against uh, Tennessee. Eli Ricks, as you mentioned, four pass breakups for him in his uh, starting debut for Alabama in place of Terry and Arnold. And let's just start right there with some of the personnel changes. Nick Saban hinted they might be coming, uh, and they did. Uh, you had Eli Ricks uh, in for Terry and Arnold at a cornerback spot. A couple guys out of uniform, presumably injuries on that front. DJ Dale not in uniform. Jaheim Otis, Deontay Lawson all not in uniform. Uh, Lawson, you know, that loss um, – for this particular game, maybe not a huge blow because Lawson wouldn't have played a ton of football anyway, right? Because they spent the whole day in dime, the whole night uh, in that dime look. We got to see Dallas Turner playing off the ball more in that package. Uh, and really, Travis, Mississippi State and Mike Leach decide, well, if you're going to dime us all day long, we're going to try to run it. And they and they, and they tried. They, they tried to stick with that running game in the first half. Uh, but they certainly couldn't break anything. Alabama, even though it was light in the box, I thought did a really good job against the run in the first half. They hung in there. I think it was 62 rushing yards for Mississippi State in the game, 57 of those in the first quarter. So you're right. 
unlike some previous Mike Leach teams, especially the last two at state where they just couldn't run the ball even against the dime. This offense has shown with Dylan Johnson and Woody Marks that it can at least threaten you with the run when you're in six defensive backs. So uh, that took a little bit of getting used to. You're right. It was interesting with Dallas Turner. We saw him inside. We saw him on the edge. Uh, really was able to flash his versatility, I thought, in the game. Henry Toa had 13 tackles against Mississippi State last year. He had 13 tackles against Mississippi State on Saturday night. So kind of more of a space game. I think that suits Henry probably better in a lot of ways where he can run sideline to sideline. He's not having to worry about squaring big backs up or even quarterbacks uh, between the hashes. And, um, yeah, I think once Alabama kind of got into a defensive rhythm, and showed that, look, you're not going to be able to make a living running the ball against our dime. Uh, that was actually where they wanted to be, and that was somewhere they weren't able to totally get against Tennessee, where they took the run game away from Tennessee enough to make them one-dimensional. They were able to do that with Mississippi State. Mike Leach said his squad was scared of that jersey, <laughs> Travis. You got you to gotta respect uh, the blunt honesty of that uh, guy sometimes. You wouldn't yeah. hear that from a lot of coaches. But yeah. That, he said what they call the quiet part out loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike. Yeah, it, it's just been tough, man, for his teams, his offenses. I mean, he can talk about his roster all he wants, but it took every second Saturday night for him to finally get his offense into the end zone uh, in 12 quarters against Alabama as the Mississippi State head coach. So we can talk about players and we can talk about psyche and all those things, but the common denominator in this 3-0 and run against Leach over in Starkville is that his offense has been the equivalent of popcorn flatulence in those you know, matchups. There's no doubt. Uh, Alabama, not a lot of respect for the deep ball in the secondary, right? Kept everything no. in front of them. They were playing on their toes for that short stuff, and you, you combine that with a pass rush that, that did a much better job than it did a week ago and a really rough night for Will Rogers. 30 for 60, which for him is eh, 50 cents, 50 percent is bad for any quarterback now, but uh, especially for Will Rogers, Travis, who, who's used to being uh, – 75-80 on a good night. Yeah, I thought the secondary did a good job. DeMarco Hellams had a nice play on a fourth down, really came up and brought the wood to force that one incompletion. And, man, it seemed like once State got down, Leach was going for just about every every fourth down. And, you know, State hit on three of six, but, boy, the ones it didn't hit on set Alabama up in pretty good shape. And then you combine those failures with, a muffed punt from Mississippi State inside its own 20. Alabama wasn't able to turn that into a touchdown in the second half, but it was a field goal from Will Reichert. And, uh, you know, we look at Alabama's offensive numbers, and they're not great. And regardless, they're not great. But a lot of times it's not like they had all that far to go, it seemed like. Yeah, offensively, we'll go ahead and jump there now for Alabama. Another solid night for Bryce Young, 21 out of 35, 250 yards, couple touchdowns, no interceptions. However, uh, dot, 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 the running game kind of disappeared in this one. You saw, uh, we saw Jameer Gibbs pick up uh, 37, I think, on 10 carries. Uh, but really, Alabama didn't have much of any balance in this one. And uh, Bryce Young did his thing, extending plays again. Not sure I've ever seen a quarterback who can extend plays as long as Bryce Young can and will. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's unfair to corners, Travis, to have to cover anybody 
uh, for that length of time. Yeah, especially when you're bringing three guys in the pass rush like Mississippi State did on more than one occasion Saturday night. So when you're starting out with just a three-man rush uh, and then he's able to extend on that, uh, even this group of receivers, and I think it said something again, though, uh, it is a positive to be able to see Bryce do that. But it seems to take these receivers a while to get open, doesn't it? on some of these occasions. And so a lot of times he's having to maximize every second that he possibly can. But I thought you saw Jojo Earl do a nice job on his touchdown pass, eventually uh, presenting himself um, to uh, to Bryce. I thought, you know, once again, you saw some good things from Ja'Cory Brooks. He had the 40-yarder a couple snaps before Jojo Earl's touchdown catch there in the first half. So, you know, there were some positives. But, you know, the run game, you're right. You can't live with that week in and week out. And kind of was the story for this offense that it's been throughout the season. Big plays are bust a lot of times. Explosive plays are not a lot. And more often than not, and I give Zach Arnett some credit for this too, I think he's really one of the best defensive coordinators in the SEC. Um, State, after getting mashed by a Kentucky's run game last week, was hell-bent on early downs especially. You saw Jet Johnson, the starting inside linebacker for State on the game's opening play. He was downhill from the snap, and he dropped mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs for a two-yard loss. And even on that play, Jameer didn't look like he was really feeling all that great. I didn't think Jace McClellan looked like himself in the game. You saw Roydell Williams early. So, you know, we'll talk about the bye week, but I, I thought those were some positions when you include Bryce into that, still with his lingering shoulder issue. Some offensive skill players for Alabama look like they're ready for the off week. There's no, there's no question. And, and, and Alabama has had some trouble running the ball at times this year, for sure. That There have been a couple of games prior to this one, Travis, where the only real difference in the running game has been Alabama busting a huge one that skews the numbers, skews the average, Big and makes the whole thing look a whole lot better, right? Uh, the, the McClellan uh touchdown in Austin, for instance, comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of the some of these and Gibbs, of course, is is the real game breaker. But you know, you break one or two of those kinds of runs in a game, and it kind of covers up a lot of issues. Um, Empty with, carries, with, with, yeah, with, with the rest of the running game, and and you know, Mississippi State in not allowing uh, the breakaway kind of exposed it. Yeah, and we saw some reverse action off some of the zone runs. Jameer Gibbs scored on one, the longest run Alabama had in the game was the 19-yarder for the touchdown that he had. And uh, you saw Jermaine Burton sort of come on reverse motion. That tells me they've got some of that stuff in the playbook. And I thought even against Tennessee, with the way Tennessee was flowing to the backs, right, they were hell-bent on slowing down Alabama's backs. And it still didn't work uh, a lot of the time. But Mississippi State sort of took that same approach. And so you're going to have to bring something else to the run game where you hand it to a wide receiver on a reverse or you maybe throw it more to the backs um, on early downs because uh, Mississippi State, I I thought it was very clear uh, from the outset that that they weren't getting Christian Rodriguez for a second straight week. And really, Alabama doesn't have that kind of back anyway. You know, Rodriguez isn't an explosive guy, but he will five, six, seven, eight yards a chunk you. Um, in, in Alabama, I think in, in some part due to its health issues right now at running back, not a great yards after contact team right now. No, no. Uh, the idle week ahead for Alabama, as you mentioned, 
uh, a good week for it after eight consecutive weeks of football. Nick Saban definitely uh, sounded like he was ready for his team to get a break uh, in the post-game news conference last night. Uh, Justin Aboibe trying to get a neck injury healed up. We haven't seen him uh, in several weeks. Of course, Jaheim Otis, Deontay Lawson, and DJ Dale, as we previously mentioned, did not dress for this one. Nick Saban said one of those two defensive linemen at least uh, ought to be back for LSU. And, and let's not forget Isaiah Bond, Travis, one of Alabama's uh, speediest wide receivers at a position where they need explosiveness. I don't believe we saw him uh, after the targeting call uh, with the helmet. I think helmet he actually contact. came back. Did I think he? he came back, yeah, and I was surprised because – Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I thought he came back into the game. And, and I was surprised because that was a big-time targeting hit to his head. And he got it when he hit the field, too, Double. with his head. So yeah. that was that was a scary situation there. And you're right. They need all the explosiveness they can get. And that's why it was also interesting to see Tyler Harrell. He's real, Chase. He there was a Tyler Harrell. <laughs> I thought it was like Chris Carter's kid there for a while. Remember Chris Carter's kid? Deron Carter. Deron. We'd always get asked about Deron Carter, you know? Yeah. Because there would be like, you know, talk about him like he was Bigfoot. You know, we never Mm. really saw much of (laughs) Deron. It was starting to get into that neighborhood with Tyler Harrell. But we saw him. We saw the Louisville transfer Saturday night, Chase. On on the field, made his first catch for Alabama, a 12-yarder from Jalen Milrow. I believe Bryce Young had Mm -hmm. already retired for the evening by the time that came around. But, yeah, good to see Harrell get on the field. After Nick Saban, we we touched on this in the last podcast, but after Saban kind of foreshadowed a, a little bit of a lineup juggle, and with Harold being back healthy again, and with wide receiver play being pretty inconsistent on the season, you know, we we both kind of called it last week that this is this is if we're going to see Tyler Harold do anything this season for Alabama, this is the game where it kind of needs to start. He did get on the field, uh, but uh, he, he's obviously a ways away from the regular rotation. Yeah, there's still some guys to navigate there, but there's still the opportunity because as we saw. 11 different guys caught passes in the game. So this is not narrowing down. It doesn't appear. And you like the fact that Bryce can thankfully spread the ball around like that because uh, without him and his ability to do that, a lesser quarterback right now without some defined dudes at wide receiver, yeah. this could probably be a two. This would probably be a two or three loss team right now instead of even just one. So um, it's good to see Ja'Cory, though. It looks like Ja'Cory is becoming earlier in games, Chase, more of that guy that can get them going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm still seeing Jermaine Burton in that mix, uh, JoJo Earl, um, you know, Kobe Prentice. They're playing a lot of guys, and they're getting them in and out pretty early in games. They're not shy about trying them, that's for no. sure. The, the, the rotation at wide receiver is, is uh, definitely pretty deep for the Crimson Tide uh, a standout, number one, hadn't really emerged. Maybe Ja'Cory Brooks is going to be that guy down the stretch. Uh, he definitely has played uh, better of late. All right, going to thank a couple of sponsors here on Talking Tide. Really quickly, going to talk to you about North River Dental Associates and that fantastic service you get from Dr. Jack Smalley and that great bunch of dental hygienists over there at 1100 Fairfax Park, right off of Watermelon Road. North River Dental is going to get you in and out the door on a routine cleaning, typically in under an hour, never more than one or two people sitting around that waiting room. They get you in and out quick, but they do it with a high quality job 
also doing Botox and Juvederm treatments if you want to tighten up those facial features. And of course, any kind of other dentistry you might need from porcelain veneers to endodontics, dentures, and more. North River Dental Associates is going to get you taken care of. If you'd like to make an appointment, uh, get one of those two routine cleanings you need every year. Dr. Jack's waiting. The phone call 752-3506. Or you can go online, make an appointment at NorthRiverDentist.com. It is North River Dental Associates. Going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. In its 16th year of business there, Peterbrook Chocolatier has got you covered. You got Halloween coming up. It is perfect for Alabama fans because you got the bye week with the Alabama Crimson Tide. So you can go ahead and stock up on those goodies and you can watch the rest of college football during the upcoming weekend. Celebrate maybe Nick Saban's birthday with some Peterbrook Chocolatier. That's coming up. I think uh, Nick would want you to do that, Chase. So Get by Peterbrook Chocolatier for all your Halloween needs. you got the holiday season right around the corner. Need to go ahead and get those orders in, whether it's a holiday party, whether you're in charge of corporate gifting, 205-752-0211. That's the number to call, and they'll get you set up, and they still have those great classes as well. Go make your own chocolate. Take it home with you. Hog it. Eat it all. Don't share it. Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Finally, going to tell you about our corporate sponsor. That would be DraftKings. Hey, you need a few more bucks around the holidays. Take it off the man, Travis. That's one way to, to pick <laughs> it up. Uh, football season right there. Fourth and one. Push it over the goal line with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. You just can't beat that. To make things even sweeter, you can now throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN, and you'll get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game, and you'll get that $200 in free bets if that $5 bet is a winner. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook and make sure you use that, that promo code once again, TPPN. All right, Travis, we go around the SEC before we get out of here. It was a light schedule around the league in week eight, no doubt about it. Uh, but LSU knocking off Ole Miss, certainly uh, the biggest uh, biggest game in the league for the day, really. LSU now, Travis in control of their destiny with a head-to-head -head win over Ole Miss and Alabama still ahead on the schedule. Brian Kelly's team has now scored 45 against Florida and 45 against Ole Miss in back-to-back -back games. So that, that Tigers offense is starting to hum. Jaden Daniels, in a word, is balling right now, the LSU quarterback. And he's doing it with his arm. He's doing it with his legs. And don't get it twisted. LSU going into the season had guys around him, especially at the wide receiver position, and not just uh, Kayshawn Booty. You know, they go three or four deep at wide receiver with just about anybody in the league, maybe college football. So it's really come together on that side of the ball. They're good enough on defense at some critical areas, maybe not so much on the back end, but their defensive line uh, can slow down the run enough. But their edge guys are very capable of giving quarterbacks problems. And 
seemed like once Ole Miss got off the script, got off lane script uh, in Death Valley Saturday, that was pretty much a wrap and uh, pretty strong statement. I thought from LSU, I think it was a 42 to three run to end that game yeah, for fourth, LSU. Yeah. The fourth quarter was 28, nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's impressive. And so, yeah, we've been talking about Alabama Ole Miss, right? And we got Alabama LSU coming up after the bye week then the trip to Oxford. So, uh, some road trips, certainly uh, defining road trips for Alabama once, uh, it returns to, to action. What about Jimbo? Travis goes down yeah. to South Carolina 30 to 24. I think that heat's finally warming up over there in College Station. This yeah. is this is awful. I got warm, I got warm up the heat, but warm up that checkbook, you know. And I know I know AM, I know about about all the money, all the oil oil and the in the tall buildings in downtown Houston and Dallas. I get it. I know they've got a lot of cash. Um, that's still a big check, yeah. you know. But I, but it is at the point where I don't know, and and I say this because I don't think Jimbo's the kind of guy that you're going to go in there and go, Jimbo, we want you to hire an offensive coordinator. We want you to delegate basically the offense entirely to someone else. Then why the hell did you hire Jimbo in the first place exactly. if you want to do all that? I mean, that's, that's why you guy. hired him. Yeah. So I don't know what they do. And I know Connor Wiegman, the five-star freshman, got in against South Carolina on Saturday night, Haynes King. Uh, dinged up a little bit, so uh, boy, I, I, I don't really know. Uh, other than it, it seems pretty predictable where we're headed. It's just, is it in the very near future? Is it after the season? Do you go another year with this and say, look, Connor Wiegman is Jimbo's guy, and we're going to give him 2023 with his guy at quarterback, the A&M Jameis is what I'm going to call Connor Wiegman, mm-hmm. and we'll see how it goes. I'm I can see it going a couple different ways. I don't know about you. Texas A&M, Travis, is averaging an SEC worst 21.9 points per game offensively. And yeah. you're paying and you're paying a head coach with an offensive background. Yeah. 95 million or whatever the number is. Oh, it's yeah, I know. It's crazy. I, I again, I think it's 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 a matter of time it would seem like, but if Wiegman wasn't there, I think it would be totally done. But the Curtis. presence of Wiegman maybe gives Jimbo the start of 2023. Now, even that might surprise me. And hell, Wiegman might even be to the point now where he's like, I'm fine with a new coach. <laughs> it might not be a situation where Wiegman says, if coach, you know, like, uh, was it Jimmy? Uh, and, and Hoosiers, coach goes, I go, coach stays, I play. <laughs> I, I don't right. think it's, I don't think it's a, a hickory high school basketball situation there. Jimmy Chitwood. Yes. Oh, that smooth shooting Jimmy Chitwood. If this is yes. it for Jimbo, they're going to have to get a couple of J.R. Ewings to stroke. Oh, they got him. I said, like we've heard about those big buildings in downtown Dallas, you know, and in Houston. They got a few J.R.s over there. A few Absolutely. Ewings. Yeah. Vanderbilt Commodores cover that 14. They take 14. Excuse me. Uh, they took the 14 and they cover yeah. the three-point loss to Missouri. Travis, uh, Missouri almost tried to give that one away. It started to look like the Auburn game there for a minute. But Vanderbilt uh, picked up a fumble and returned it one yard for their first touchdown. <laughs> and, th- and then they throw this, this, this oh. little smoke screen that goes for – the distance uh, yeah. to give up another touchdown. It, it got dicey for Missouri, and it really shouldn't have. As we said last week, somebody had to win an SEC game. 
between yeah. the two. It just it had to happen. So uh, Missouri was kind of the last team standing in Columbia, I guess, Saturday. And, uh, you know, tough for Vanderbilt. Uh, not a bad start to the season in non-con, but it's been pretty predictable for the Commodores. Had a pretty good first half against Ole Miss a couple weeks ago. It's not like they haven't been competitive in stretches, um, but just the uh, the elusive nature of an SEC win for Vanderbilt right now. That is going to do it for the Talking Tide podcast. Be sure to join us the Wednesday before the LSU game. That'll be the next time we podcast. Travis and I always take a week off from the podcast right along with that Alabama Idol week. So uh, you can join us again uh, Wednesday of LSU week. We'll have that preview for you. So uh, looking forward to that for sure. Enjoy the Idol week. Enjoy your worldly travels travis and uh, oh. some time off yeah i gotta uh, watch out for pops you know over there in europe so yeah need a oh. full report when we reconvene oh. on pops. i just hope i hope we make it back yeah <laughs> all right that'll do it for travis ryer of BamaOnline.com. i'm chase goodbread the sports columnist with the tuscaloosa news and we will talk to you lsu week here on talking tide <laughs>